I have no idea what we're talking about today, so yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought would be fun. Usually, just so you guys know, Kate and I break everything down. We do a week's worth of research. We pray on it for hours and hours. We do prepare a lot compared to other podcasts. So what are we talking about today, JJ? So today's episode is for the guys. Uh-huh. Everything I'm about to say is for the women, too. Uh-huh. But the title is... She doesn't even know the title. I don't even know the title. Are you looking for the one? Oh, yeah. What's up, fam? It is your boy, JJ. We have a Friday mini mansode. Today's episode, listen, if I could go back in time and give myself one episode to listen to, this would be one of them. So, fellas, if you're listening, you're single, you're dating, this is a great episode to send to one of your boys and saying, hey, I'm not coming at you, but I want to talk. And if you're a girl listening, this is a great episode for you to keep in mind and also maybe to send to a guy. Personally, I just think a lot of times I would say something as a single man and what I'm looking for, but if I had to be really honest, and I'm talking about really, really honest, underneath the surface, I was actually hoping and desiring something else. And so I think a lot of times uh, we get perspectives from when someone's on the other side. And so me being on the other side of marriage, having talked to a lot of married men to do this episode, I think it's just super, super helpful to adjust your expectations and what you're looking for. If, a big if, you are open to listening to some feedback and some advice from some guys who were single. Now, that being said, we actually have a special guest on today's episode which I'll tell you about in just a moment. Before we get there, two housekeeping items. Number one, Patreon. For those patrons out there who are making the Heart of Dating podcast happen, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to keep asking you, I'm not going to stop asking you. Just like the Bernie Sanders meme, I'm once again asking for your financial support for the Heart of Dating podcast. If we've impacted you and you feel like you want to help us back, we would be so grateful. Now, the second thing, if you're a dude and you're trying to come to Heart of Dating Conference in Nashville where it's going to be popping, hit me up on Instagram at JJ Tomlin. We had three houses last year. It was super fun for all the guys who are coming to conference. If you're coming again this year and you want to be linked up, DM me. I can point you in the right direction because they are booking their house pretty soon as early bird pricing this is the last week of it. So get on it. Get on it. Get on it. I hear you. I'm the same way. I'm a procrastinator too. Okay. So our episode today, I thought it'd be fun to bring our special guest, Kate Tomlin. You might have heard of her. Uh, fun fact, she actually started this podcast six years ago. The last time she was on a Friday mini mansode was about a year ago where we did an episode called When to Walk Away Part 2. By the way, one of our best performing episodes or episode series of all time was When to Walk Away. Obviously, you guys know this is a very difficult conversation to have with yourself 
or with a friend who's in a relationship where, let's be honest, they should probably walk away. So that episode was done last year. If you find yourself in that position, questioning whether or not you should walk away, or you have a friend that is a wonderful resource and guide to that conversation. I wish I would have had a friend send that to me multiple times when I was dating. Okay. Obviously not dating Kate because I should not have walked away. But anyway, that being said, welcome to the episode and let's welcome Kate Tomlin herself. Welcome. Hello. It's so great to be here. I am absolutely honored. (laughs) How does it feel to be invited back? I feel like it's kind of strange because this is my podcast, but also your podcast, and I'm being invited onto my <laughs> podcast, which is also your podcast. How, how does it feel to be reinvited back to your podcast? By I am my absolutely podcast. honored, though this is a last minute ask. So, forewarning, I have no idea what we're talking about today. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> which I thought it would be fun. Usually, just so you guys know, Kate and I break everything down we do a week's worth of research we pray on it for hours and hours we do we do a lot of we anoint ourselves with oil absolutely and we just we sing psalms we don't do that but we do prepare a lot compared to other podcasts so what are we talking about today jj so today's episode is for the guys Uh everything i'm about to say is for the women too Uh but the title is she doesn't even know the title i don't even know the title the title is this are you looking for the one? Oy. And especially for guys, mm. I say we're looking for the one, but we're kind of looking for something that doesn't maybe exist. Exist. <laughs> so you already know where I'm going. Yep. I got it. Now, before, no before we pick on the guys, uh-huh. do the women do the same thing? Yes, they do. I, they do absolutely but i do think that i'm glad we're talking about this when it comes to the dudes today okay why is that because mm, okay so let's give an example for example we did the episode what if i'm not physically attracted or red flag what if we're not attracted to them and you know we shared our story about how i wasn't initially physically as into you not that you're not attractive just for me i was hung up on style and blah 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 anyway a lot of women are like that's great and i would consider that but you hardly see guys doing it in reverse like where is the same message telling guys to be more open about the kind of women they're considering and even attractiveness level and things like that and i was like hmm that's a great point i almost wish that our story was opposite like i prefer that but you know it's just not hold on so you're saying that you would be really really into me off the bat but i would exactly. take a lot of time to initially warm up to you physically yes but actually for my history it's better that it happened the way it did just in the terms of like because i was very i usually went all in and committed to guys quickly so it was healthier for me to actually have a slow burn because i never really did that now do you feel like this is obviously we don't have any data Mm. but anecdotally speaking do you feel like you've ever even heard stories where the guy was unsure about the girl physically and then over time, like months and months and months, became really attracted to her character, who she was, her personality. I haven't heard as many of those stories, though I know they're out there. Right. I do think they're out there, but I do think it's a, 
it's much less common. Unfortunately. <laughs> right. Unfortunately. But what we'll talk about today is, and where we'll start is in the U.S., mm. we do have a dominant cultural theology about singleness. Yeah. And you tell me how this sounds. Like traditionally speaking, it was actually about family. Mm. And you forsake your goals, your individuality, and your life doesn't really start until you actually married into a family, started a family, and you forsake everything for a family. Yeah, that that's that's what it used to be. Right. And now it's actually the opposite. Your individual yeah. what I would say you're hyper individualist. Right. What, in the Western world. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would say and that's we mean like American European yeah. Western mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Uh to make it to to put it shortly, I would say your individual rights and your individual happiness is the top priority. Yeah. Yep. Logically, finding a marriage partner who respects your individual rights and your individual happiness is the top priority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has maybe actually invaded the church and the the theology of the single? Yeah, I mean... And what they're looking for in a marriage partner. It's the opposite of the quote we say a lot, which Gary is from Gary Thomas. In essence, people are trying to make themselves happy versus making themselves holy. The goal of marriage is to make you holy, not to make you happy. Though, you should not be completely unhappy in a marriage. But the the goal of marriage is not, oh, I'm doing this so that it's super convenient for my life. It makes me super happy. This person just fits perfectly like a puzzle piece into every single thing I'd ever want. And it's just super convenient. Yeah, I want to get more into the meat of this because I, I don't want to get ahead of what I'm about to say. Well, but let's be honest. Like, let's be deeply honest. Do you feel like even though you might have believe that in your mind did that actually impact the way that you dated like did your worldview and the way that you acted and looked and searched for a spouse and dated was that impacted by that belief the good belief or the negative belief the good belief of marriage to make you holy not happy yeah that did impact me actually because i realized like it's not about finding somebody that this word compatibility is a big one because we think of the word compatible and often the word compatible, we see it to mean they lifestyle preferences. Like they have to be compatible with my lifestyle. Typically, that's what we see it as versus compatibility. What we should really be looking at is character compatibility. But we look at do they like the same things as me? Do they um, like do they want to live in the same place as me or do they live in the same place as me because nobody wants to do long distance? And it's like the convenience element of, oh, you're my perfect match, you know, like in terms of just it'd be super convenient. Like they like the same music. They want to do the same things. They both like football. They want to live in the same places. And those are all like convenience factors. Oh, they're super chill. I want to get into that too because a lot we of guys will. look for girls that are just basically bros but have female parts. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about some of my best bros and if I could marry them, we'd be super happy together. <laughs> okay. We that would have a little weird. <laughs> we would have the easiest marriage. We would be watching tons of football. <laughs> we'd be golfing all the time your house would be horribly kept <laughs> no it, we would it, we would be flexible dogs. uh-huh 
if I could marry some of my best bros, we'd be so happy together. Mm. But Shout I can't. Shout out Caleb. Hey, he's he's not married. Caleb, so. Crit, like all these guys. <laughs> some of them have gotten married. It's been tough for me. <laughs> I've had to do a lot of grieving. Okay, obviously that's a joke to clarify. Yes. But okay, so but on your note, I love marriage to make you holy, not to make you happy. That belief shouldn't just be a nice fairy tale whimsical belief that sounds nice mm. on an Instagram quote, which you're definitely probably going to see that clipped because it was such a good quote. Um that should impact the way you are dating and looking for a spouse. Like there should be a deep connection there between your soul and your heart and how you are actually going. Because here's the thing, and I'll uh-huh. be honest, there's definitely times in my singleness where I might have heard a quote like that. I said it's good and I do believe it, but I wasn't living it out. Right. Like, it Can wasn't I give actually some impacting my search. Can I give some examples of how this played out for us? Totally. Like unrealistic expectations you had. I'm sure I had some too, but I'm just. Oh, no, you definitely did. That's why I asked you if it impacted you and you kind of skipped over it. I was like, dang, I didn't get her. It's so interesting because like JJ also saw some of his friends who had girlfriends or wives that were like always watching football with them or going golfing with them and cooking for them. Yeah. And some of his expectation was oh, Kate's going to come golfing with me and Kate's going to watch football with me. And I don't have those interests. I have no interest. I have a little, much more interest now than I did at the beginning. Or, th- or they were allowed to do things, right, like that I wanted to do. Right. So I constantly compare you to what I thought was a good marriage. And it wasn't even just that they were doing it solo. The girls were coming with them. And that's something you wanted. Like you wanted a partner. Desired, that- yeah desired a partner right. that like i'm gonna go on the golf course with you and i either i'm gonna attempt golf or i'm just gonna sit there for 18 holes four and a half hours and chill because all these other girls do that that you've seen and the girls also watch football and they're totally cool and down with it and there's a few more examples but yeah those, those are, are two big some ones good examples. really good examples and i was like hey I, the reality is no i'm not always gonna come on the golf course with you and i'm not gonna watch every football game with you um, however i do think the balance of a healthy relationship is i am entering and choosing compromise on my end to engage with you through to connect with you because it makes you super happy um to do those things sometimes right and my you know the agreement i came to you with is hey i can go sometimes on the golf course i won't do 18 holes but i will do nine holes especially Mm -hmm. if we make it a win-win yeah and i say you know what i really appreciate that i'll go to disney with you (laughs) this saturday for six right. hours though your disney pass now expired but yeah well and though disney you know is like walking around for miles and miles at disney versus <laughs> sitting in a golf cart for two hours drinking some wine and reading a book is much easier um <laughs> um but it's also disney <laughs> with entertainment and rides that we both get to experience anywho anyway but you know so there's there's yes you should normalize doing activities that you're your partner does enjoy. I think though that there's an unrealistic expectation that I'm going to basically, I'm talking as a guy, I'm going to marry a girl who loves football, likes to go golf, wants to play video games with me. That was another one. And, um, she doesn't have, she's not very high maintenance, super low maintenance, doesn't have many emotional outbursts because I don't want to deal with that. And you know, that is going to make my life perfect. Well, (laughs) 
there's not a single guy so do you want to marry a dude because that's who you just described (laughs) well listen there's not a every guy listening who just heard that was like that sounds amazing now there are okay don't get me wrong there might be women listening to this there are some women out there that are like that personally every single one of my friends not like that at all okay that's fine though if you're a woman that does love those things and you're a little lower maintenance and you just don't you're not very emotive but okay we'll talk about this (laughs) i have a whole list okay let's get into it but otherwise i'm just gonna what we just described though and everything that you just described for a man is this that marriage yeah does nothing but enhances and upgrades his life right why else would you get married right if if the marriage doesn't benefit you if it doesn't you know, serve as a new asset in your life portfolio. Um, to make you happy. Right. If it doesn't upgrade your current life, why would you do it? Because yeah. marrying anybody who's too high maintenance um, is risky. Maybe they have some debt. They have relational trauma. That doesn't enhance you. Hmm. That doesn't make you happier. That's it doesn't, what is in their mind. No, and it's true. It doesn't make your life easier. But that's not true. Well, no. Well, it doesn't it, make your life easy. Exactly. But it, it does can not. and does enhance your life. Well, we'll talk about how exactly, because yes. that is not the word that comes to mind uh, for a lot of people uh, when it's not the marriage mm-hmm. that they expected. Because basically, we're, we're coming to marriage right now yeah. in our moment and saying, really what we're saying is, I do want my life to be fulfilled. Mm. I, like, I want this marriage to fulfill me. And it is about you. Which is normal. Like if you had to dream up a perfect marriage, it's going to serve you. It's going to fulfill you. It's going to make you really happy. And you might kind of want a marriage that challenges you. Someone's a little different. They really, you know, especially spiritually, they have perspectives that you haven't thought of before. Like that's what I thought of. When I thought about a marriage that was really perfect for me, I found like a perfect light partner who I'm going to do everything with. We're really, really going to like carry burdens make life much more efficient we're going to get a tax break that's really really nice spiritually they're going to read the bible from a different perspective than me and offer up really really cool and insightful thoughts never did i have in my perfect expectation idea of a marriage with someone who carried both great things and really challenging critical flaws and a you know quote irrational emotional outbursts anxiety fear like i would not have listed that in my perfect marriage because those things didn't really serve me or make me more happy or enhance my and life they're inconvenient oh right. it's not convenient but what it is is challenging and can be if the relationship if the dynamics are healthy enough it can be really healthy for you as a person and challenging in a healthy way for you. So and what we're saying, the foundation of the episode is your partner's inconveniences and flaws are the greatest tool mm. to destroy and uproot selfishness in your life. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, Jamal Miller says um, it, an, a marriage should be iron sharpening iron, right? And so if you're going to have iron sharpening iron, it needs to be think about that actual analogy like sparks are gonna fly it's gonna be tough like yes it's iron and iron hot fire it can be difficult and can be painful 
But if what you're saying that a lot of guys look for is they might be an iron, but they're looking for a pillow. They're looking for a soft, easy, flowy, not going to challenge them pillow. But like that's not it. Or they're a pillow looking for another pillow. They don't even <laughs> care about you being challenged well, at you all. Well, you have a little pillow fight and together. That's, <laughs> that's not what the Bible calls to us to is iron sharpening iron so a little bit of challenge or a, a lot of bit of challenge is actually super beneficial and that is a big part of marriage and a point of marriage which is sanctification right that should be a goal that we actually desire yes is i'm going to challenge myself outside of my comfort but zone that sounds <laughs> so much easier and nicer to say and then the reality of it is not very fun I just know that this applies to so many people and I am going to say guys because we're on a man said, but I know so many guys this applies to. You know, what's hilarious is I've used this anecdote before and, and this is really what I wanted to speak to today is I always find female written romantic fiction as the most funny content out there because the main guy is 6'3". He's got a PhD in neuroscience. <laughs> He's always the son of some like wealthy elite family, but he walked away from the fortune, although he still has their financial backing, right? So he still has it, but he has the the coolness and but niceness that he walked heart. away. Yeah, yeah, but he has a heart that's, you know, better. For the people. Yeah, he's like volunteering with the UN. Um, oh, he has like a very rugged jawline, really strong features. He's chiseled. He probably deadlifts. 450 don't know what that means really really easily oh and and he's he loves jesus he's also perfectly in touch with his emotions like kind of like he kind of masks them but they come out in those really core moments and um oh but he does have like a edgy angry side you know especially like injustice or uh to protect like the Uh, girl he wants mm -hmm. oh and the girl um She's a librarian. You're basically describing <laughs> that show Outlander and the main character, Jamie. Yes. Which I'm not saying anybody should watch, but back in the day I did watch this. I don't anymore. And yeah, it's that character, Jamie. Well, he's like super strong. Yes. Fights for his woman, but he's super emotional guys, and hopeless romantic. Guys, we will make fun of Jamie and we will make fun of women who have what the Prince Charming complex that's what the Prince Charming Complex is. Right. And we love to make fun of it because we laugh and we say, that is so unrealistic. Right, but guys have the same. But guys have the same. <laughs> They're looking for the Victoria's Secret model woman that in looks that also loves Jesus and wants to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, I created a list. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's what they're looking for. I created a list. But you know what I did? But they don't have any, they're, they don't have ambition. They don't have. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, we so won't talk. Hey, no, hey, I listen, this is for the guys. We love you and you have that ambition. Yes. Maybe you're not acting on it right now, but we'll, we'll get to you because we want to see you out there. Yeah. Balling and growing. But here's what the list looks like. Because mm-hmm. this was, people don't realize this was my list. This is exact. If I had to be brutally honest, <laughs> this was your list. This was what it would have sounded like, uh-huh. and it's a good. It sounds amazing. Great, go. For but it. it's a fairy tale. Go for it. Number one, this would probably be number one on every guy's list. Emotionally low maintenance. <laughs> oh, but no, no, no. But 
let's be honest, we're going to be, for some of us, we're going to be a little bit more smart. Or if, if it's a co-ed group, we're not obviously going to say that out loud in front of women. <laughs> we're going to say that on the golf course. But we're going to say something a little bit more polished uh, about, um, you know, emotionally low-maintenance woman. It's going to be some something like uh, she's emotionally very mature. <laughs> and she actually knows how to handle and regulate her emotions really well. Uh, we might even put like a holy slap on it. <laughs> Where it's, uh, she doesn't come to me. She goes to God first with her emotions and feelings. She's basically a unicorn. She's like David. (laughs) You know, she goes, she's never too stressed out or emotional with me. Like, she knows that Jesus is her safest space. She doesn't expect that much from me. Right. (laughs) But, you know, like, she's got great counsel and friends, and she goes to Jesus first. Yeah. She needs me, but she doesn't, you know? Right. It's, like, awesome. She wants me, but she doesn't need me emotionally. Yeah. So perfect. <laughs> okay. Now, does that Are you exist? sure you want me on this episode? Because this stuff gets me annoyed. But <laughs> listen, I would say that is the by far just the biggest one yeah. is emotionally. We think because we're low maintenance or what I would probably just say is honestly, we're emotionally suppressed that because we are that way, we can find a spouse who's that way. Yeah. And like I said, marry a dude. <laughs> With like a wig or? You might find a diamond in the rough woman who is emotionally not in touch with her emotions or just like super chill. But to have that expectation of the majority of women and have a very ridiculous physical expectation of what she looks like at the same time is outlandish. Well, I'll be honest. (laughs) Listen to me. This, This is an anecdote. But. Go ask your brother-in-law, your cousin, whatever guys you know who married and what y- you would call the most calm or broy girls. Mm. The you know the cool girls, the guys girls. Yeah. Which if you're a girls girl or a guys girl, they're all great. But I'm specifically talking about the guys girl. Go ask that man, "Hey, is she really emotionally low maintenance like she seems like or at the end of the day is she, does she still have emotions and maybe big emotions that come out, especially yeah. in private? And a hundred percent of the time, I will tell you, they will say, no, she, she still has emotions and they can be big sometimes. Yeah. Especially when she gets pregnant. <laughs> I'm t- Yeah. And I'm telling you the, the <laughs> most broy dude girls I know who have gotten married, those, I even asked them, they all say the same thing. They were, so they were all surprised how at the end of the day, there were still hormones, big emotions, and times where girls are going to girls sometimes, okay? And that's okay. That's okay. Right. But just, to, just on the front end, know like the big emotions exist, and that's a great thing. Yeah. And if anything... While it might surface as a big challenge or annoyance, her struggling with crippling anxiety for you is probably one of the best things to happen in that relationship hmm. as far as how it challenges you to grow as a man. Yes. In compassion. Yeah. In, in empathy. In safe space. I think that is by far the number one area, emotional safe space, where men do not want to grow. Yeah. But they they're forced want. to. 
Right. It's uncomfortable for them. Yes. But that is probably the area we most need growth. Right. Absolutely. I agree. But the easiest life you could ask for is emotional suppression or low maintenance. That's why we want it (laughs) because it's easy. It's easy. (laughs) It is so easy. Okay. Number two. And Kate had a dip, but I'm going to hit this one because we need to. We want a woman, and this was on my imaginary list, we would love and want a woman who doesn't tell me or ask me to do things I don't want to do. Now, obviously, we're not going to say that out loud. Like, if we're being brutally honest, we were. But, you know, we would say something that's a little bit more polite, polished, crafty. I probably would have been a little bit more creative (laughs) in saying... uh, you know, and saying that I probably would have said, I I would just, I want someone. It's really important for me to find someone who respects my autonomy. That doesn't that sound good. Doesn't that sound like a really healthy relationship? They respect my life, my passions, my hobbies. And because I respect hers and I do. And this, this is how it played out in marriage for me. Autonomy in a relationship to make your own decisions is great. It's fundamental. It's necessary. But autonomy to do whatever you want, whenever you want, is not. And that's where friction is a great thing. And that's not a sexual innuendo for marriage. <laughs> for friction and your hobbies, interests, what you do with your free time, a third eye asking you questions is a good thing. Let me give you an example. Believe it or not, But a person saying, JJ, I love you, but watching commercial free football with Scott Hansen for eight hours a day, every Sunday for 16 weeks in a row is not great for you. (laughs) As much as I hate to say this, that is not control, okay? As much as that sucks to hear, that is a person saying, I love you. And I'm going to challenge you because I think outside of this, a lot of people would agree. And ultimately, like this thing of football has grown to be much bigger than just a passion or a pleasure. It's become an idol. JJ, you are checking your fantasy score incessantly in church instead of focusing on the sermon and taking notes and using this as an opportunity to worship. I don't think this is good for you. And I don't think this is really, really awesome for you. Does that suck to hear? Yes. Is that a great thing for me to hear? Absolutely. JJ, I love you. And I'm down to go to early church. But crafting your Sunday schedule around watching the football games you want to watch, I don't know if that's a great thing for you as a man who I want to lead this relationship. Does that suck to hear? Yes. Is that great for me to hear? Yes. A person, whatever it is, video games, golf. Hey, JJ, I love you. But playing golf three times a week, spending all your time and money, having fun, pursuing leisure. I don't think it's great for you. And I'm telling you that because I love you. That's not control. And it is going to change your behavior. It's going to change your free time. It's going to change how you're spending your money. But ultimately, these are great things that you don't want to hear. 
but you need to hear. Now, when it comes to the list I see from men, I have a whole list for you. And I probably would have told you as a single man, these are all bonuses. I don't really care about these, but if I get them, I'm going to be super happy and pumped. But you know what's crazy is as I look back, I would actually say that these were actually qualifiers because if they didn't have these things on the front end, then guess what? I wasn't actually interested in them or asking them out on dates. I might've said they were bonuses. If I get them, then great. If not, I'm not going to worry about it. But because they were actually secretly my qualifiers, they were not just bonuses. They were need to have because they were actually impacting who I was asking out. Like I might've said, well, if they're stunning and beautiful physically, like at a certain level, then I'll, you know, that's a bonus. I wasn't asking out women who I did not find initially attractive. And I regret that. Like I did not give the girl who I initially wrote off when I walked into a room or in the Bible study, but got to know her after a year, got to know her character. I wasn't eventually asking her out and giving it a chance, an opportunity just to get to know her more in a dating context. I didn't do that. And I really regret it because I would rule them out on the front end. I never gave them the opportunity. I never gave it a chance to build a great friendship on fire. Wanting the same amount of kids as me. You know, that is like a big bonus or a big, you know, conversation. But if they didn't want a lot of kids, meaning like three, four, five, maybe they wanted two or one, like I would use as as a qualifier. Hey, if they're cool giving up their job, being a stay at home, or they're cool being the breadwinner, like that's a bonus. I think that was a bonus. I like when it came to expectations or wanting something, I really didn't have a big desire there because I'm like, honestly, I I just don't know what they're going to be doing, what they call a career, if it's important to them, or if they want to be at stay at home, I'm fine with either one. I'm not going to lie. Kate likes to talk about this one a lot. I definitely had a big expectation or hopeful expectation that they would do a lot of things with me. Some of that came from maybe childhood where I saw parents, my parents specifically, who were not best friends, who had no shared interests, who had no hobbies. And then I happened to be surrounded by a few couples who had an extraordinary amount of hobbies and interests together. So I really had this like wishful idea, which if you do get that, it's great. But if you don't, it's totally okay and it's normal and can work, okay? Um, I was really hoping... I definitely didn't have this as a qualifier, but I was really hoping, 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 hoping that they were a great cook, insanely good cook. I didn't get that, okay? No disrespect to Kate. She's just, she doesn't even cook enough for me to judge her cooking, okay? She just doesn't, she doesn't do it, okay? Um, this is hilarious. For as a guy with other guys, we would say something like, uh, it's a bonus and we want someone who's a great communicator, But what we mean by that is they're not too annoying. (laughs) Guys will say, I want a great communicator. But for us, a great communicator is not an annoying communicator. Like, for example, they don't call me or FaceTime me when they have an issue or they're stressed out. They text me and they even text me to say, hey, I know you're busy and you're having, uh, you know, these things going on today. Would you be free to call me at your earliest convenience or when could that be? Like that does happen. But. 
listen, you know, there's going to be times where they call you and it's inconvenient. Okay. There's going to be times where they want to talk to you, um, on your third night of being away. And maybe you're out with friends and you don't want to talk, like you don't want to talk to them. Okay. Like there's going to be times where anybody is going to be quote annoying. Okay. To talk to at times. Um, Hey, this is a huge one. I see. I'm, I'm really hopeful and praying it'd be a total bonus that they don't have any exes or exes that I don't have to worry about, or they don't have back. Honestly, they don't have baggage, relational baggage because they've been so smart and wise their entire life that they don't really have a history, which also means, of course, you know, sexually, they might be uh, really great at kissing and making out, but they've obviously had integrity when it comes to their sexual life and um, haven't crossed boundaries in their virgins. If that's on your list, I don't know what to tell you because I, I'm just, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. Um, I see a big one with fitness. I have a very fit lifestyle and I'm looking some for someone who has a very fit lifestyle. They share that common passion with me. I think that sounds nice. You're not really, if we're being honest, guys are not really looking for a girl who maybe has that same passion. I think that's just a really awesome way to say that she's got a perfect body that I really, really like. Um, you know, the irony about that is that body's going to change very much. And so dating a girl for her body, especially how it looks today, it's not always going to look like that. So you're qualifying and matching based off an uh, attribute that's going to change very much over time. Um, and what if they don't have a great body? What if you're ruling out? Uh, okay, I'll just pause there. Ugh, we'll pause there. This is probably the biggest one. Um, as far as the bonuses, you know, like she's super logical, super, super rational. Um, this kind of goes into emotional low maintenance. Like she's never anxious. And if she is anxious, she listens to my logical solutions at the time. I don't really have to provide safe space like we can we're both very very pragmatic both very efficient we don't waste time on emotional arguments or you know we we always come to an objectively fair and right place you see like these are all bonuses that i probably would have said like amazing if i get them but um i'm fine without them when in reality they did just mean much more than that they were much more than bonuses for me and then you throw that all together and then ultimately say, oh, so they it would be amazing if they had all those things. And then on top of that, spiritually, they are awesome. I mean, they've been a Christian for years, maybe decades. They're exactly where I am spiritually. Maybe uh, they're even greater in some areas. Um, they're super, super humble, really kind, really selfless. Re they're very servant-oriented. Um and what we don't really think about is we like those attributes because why? Well, I mean, they're great things to have in a wife, but who wins? Is it the people that you're going to be serving, your family, your mission, the mission field? Is that why you like those attributes? Or are you the one who's winning? Because you're the one they're serving. You're the one they're selfless about. You're the one they're sacrificing for. They're focused on you. 
And yeah, I just like sometimes spiritually we kind of mask things, but we think about it and it's kind of for us. It's not really for God's kingdom. It's not really for God's mission. It's because we win. We win a lot in that scenario and we do win. And that's a great thing. But the reality is that spiritually, sometimes if they're not perfectly mature or there's areas in their life that are in progress or under construction, um, like when I'm talking about like non-major things like uh, addiction, you know, like ongoing addictions or really broken abuse patterns, like that's where you have to draw the line and you have to be very clear. But the reality is that spiritually, no one is going to be on the same theology as you. They're not going to have the same opinion of the Trinity, predestination, the elect, the sacraments, traditions, um, you know, like you're not going to perfectly agree on. The, in fact, you might have your biggest fights and conflicts on theology itself. These are the things that if I had to be honest, and I'm going to bring Kate back on. These are just, if I had to be honest, what I see in so many men, because I look back and I see it written all over me. And if I had to be honest, I wanted a godly spouse, I wanted a kingdom partner, but underneath the surface, if I was deeply, deeply, deeply honest, I wanted someone who supported my and respected my individual rights, happiness, and enhanced my life. And ultimately, the best marriage in one way doesn't enhance your life the way that you think it does. It challenges it deeply it re- there is lots of friction but let me bring kate on because she's much smarter than i am so welcome back kate okay so kate's back just for the end i know it's a weird dip in dip out dip in but she's back i'm tagging her in because the idea of this being a fairy tale is like if you're a guy looking for this and you know more girls than i do mm-hmm. like Everything I just described. Yeah. Does it technically exist? It could. Yes. It is the needle in the haystack, but it's not what we should be looking for. Right. As you said so many times, so elegantly, you're trying to marry a dude. And you want iron sharpening iron. And that part, that marrying somebody who likes everything that you like, doesn't really challenge you, is more emotionally chillaxed is not actually going to challenge you it's true because well if the purpose is make you holy not happy Uh you tell me this you're you're going to a situation and you are setting yourself over for this you're setting yourself up to forcibly clash with each other constantly yeah daily because both of your self-centeredness is coming to the surface mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you need it's very helpful to have that right but that cl- like isn't it kind of crazy you're setting yourself up in a position to purposely clash with another person yeah and it's very unpleasant it can be <laughs> it, it, well yeah it doesn't have to be yeah. totally unpleasant but it's hard it's challenging yes and instead we're out here looking for something that we want versus something we probably really need yes and you know what's crazy about that is the very idea of singleness right now the foundation of our singleness is we're constantly living in a way where we're getting everything that we want 
Mm. Yeah. So it's really challenging to then get into dating because dating means and then being in a relationship means you're going to have to give up some of those things that you really like. If you want to stay exactly as you are and live a compatible lifestyle, then don't get married. Truly. Yeah. Because marriage requires a level of sacrificing some of your wants and desires, your freedom, your time doing things like JJ coming to Disney that he doesn't always want to do because that's part of the relationship. He would never have gone to Disney. I would have never watched a football game if we weren't married to each now, other. Now, that's just lifestyle passions and hobbies. Right. Like That's Those the fun things. stuff to compromise on. Yeah. There is much harder and deeper things Absolutely. that you will be forced to face. Um, but you know, living in a world of singleness where you're constantly learning to surrender and compromise, that would actually be the best foundation of marriage. Yeah. Because why? That, that's what the best marriage partners learn to do. They literally learn to surrender. Yeah. They, they learn to wake up each morning and change their priority from themselves to their partner. Yeah. That is like the crux of marriage. Mm hmm. I don't know if you've caught yourself doing that. Maybe I'm just a better spouse than you. But my prayer in my heart is changed to in the morning, literally being, God, would you help me die to myself today? Yeah. Would you help me prioritize my spouse, her needs, her wants, desires over my own? It's very hard to do. It and is. when you're single, you don't have to do that quite as much. Right. Like to that degree. You don't. And, and so that's where a lot of people love their single lifestyle so much that they're like, well, then I want somebody that perfectly fits into this right. because this feels great and I don't really want it to change that <laughs> it feels, much. It's awesome. And I'm like, that's not realistic. Then throw, if you want a family, throw a kid in the mix. Okay. And I know. Then what? Like, well, it's so funny. You're going to still try to live your single life when you have a baby. I know. I've said this. It's like, <laughs> this is just funny. the, it's actually just the very beginning of your life very much not being about you <laughs> it's like at least singleness if you want engagement family. If you marriage don't want family then okay parenting like your whole entire life is a whole trajectory of it just being less and what less are you about gonna you say to your little girl sorry i'm not gonna watch frozen i hate princesses <laughs> i'm really not feeling frozen tonight um <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> I was really hoping to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> just like a two like two that doesn't right. Or oh it's uh, like your birthday becomes less and less important when you're married. It's much more important to celebrate your, your, your girl's two year old birthday party and do something special. than you're sitting there like, man, no one's throwing me a 48th birthday party this year. I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> right. Like your life. It's just and not that you should lose yourself. Obviously that's not what we're saying, but it's just your life is going to change when you get married. And it, if you don't expect it to change when you get married, it will definitely change if you want to have kids. Now parting wisdom would be as a single, but here's the thing as a Christian single or not married or whatever, our will. And what I like to just say is like the bending of it the refashioning of it, the forming of it, the desires of what you want, that process should actually already have started. Yeah. Should it not have? Mm -hmm. Like learning how to surrender your desires and will and wishes? Ideally, yeah. And how how would that look like? What, what, what would that prayer look like? And what would that life look like? In singleness? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that to already do that to temptations that we have in life currently or putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations that wouldn't be our norm. 
Yeah, so temptations, um, maybe mission. Right. Like, yeah. God, this day is not my own. Where do you seek to have me in career? I don't want to serve tonight. I'd rather watch Thursday Night Football, or I'd rather do watch the latest episode of The Bachelor. But you know what? I'm going to serve because yes. I am getting outside of myself, and I committed to this. I'm learning how to sacrifice surrender my desires. Yeah. Hey, God, um, I really love my hometown. I feel really comfortable by family right. and all my friends. Maybe the place where I live is off limits. Would you help give me a, de- a new desire or surrender my desire yeah, exactly. of even where I live? Yeah. What church I go to? Yeah. Instead of my life just being so consumeristic about me perfectly curating the church I go to, the small group, would you... Yeah. Give me a thirst and a desire for what you want. This extends to so many things. Oh, the person I'm with, they have to be best friends with all my friends. The person I'm with, they have to go to my church. The person I'm with, they have to move to my town. The person I'm with, it's like everything has to like perfectly align. Yes. And yet, what are you sacrificing? (laughs) I really do compare it to a whiteboard. Yes. The whiteboard of your life. What if you literally wiped it clean? with all of your priorities, where you live, your career, your job, mm-hmm. and you lived in such a way that you saying, God, my whiteboard is wiped. Yes. Like you fill it out. Right. You okay. highlight. Yeah. Like I don't want to make a single step without you and what you want. And if you're leading me to be challenged and date this person that wouldn't normally be somebody I would have been drawn to, I'm going to be open to that. Yes. I'm going to let your will trump my more inherently selfish will amen well i actually had a um a fun thought to end on kate's gonna go ahead and peace out i think that one of the quintessential this is so out of left field for you guys listening but one of the quintessential areas of our life Mm. with delight delayed promise maybe gray as far as the scripture like singleness this is gonna sound nuts are you ready what it's masturbation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that masturbation in itself might be one of the best topics and habits, the pinnacle of how you view your singleness and where God is and the habits you're forming. Mm. And it's actually a letter from C.S. Lewis I just heard about masturbation. Yeah. Bet you didn't know he wrote a letter about masturbation, I did, did you? I did, actually. You knew this? Yeah, it's on a previous Heart of Dating episode that maybe you haven't listened to. Oh, is this the one with John Mark Comer? It's with John Tyson. Oh, he mentioned this. Yes. Oh, so you've heard it before. Uh Uh-huh. But, okay, can I read it real quick? Yeah, I've heard it before, but yes, absolutely. Okay, this is like, I was mind-blowing when I heard this. He says, for, and there's some big words in here, and we'll kind of break it down. (laughs) He goes, for me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which, in lawful use in the confines of marriage, leads the individual out of himself to complete and correct his own personality and that of another. I mean, giving, giving, mm-hmm. giving, out of himself, focus on another person giving in the institute of sex and marriage. And finally, results in children and even grand- grandchildren, and it turns it back. It sends the man back into the prison of himself there to keep this is a weird word there to keep a harem Mm -hmm. of imaginary brides basically a whole brothel of Mm -hmm. brides like a whole brothel of prostitutes and in this harem once admitted works against 
him ever getting out and really uniting with a real woman. Mm-hmm. Because the harem, this band of prostitutes of imaginary brides of his mind, it's always accessible. It's always subservient, yeah. meaning it always bends to every wish and desire he has. It calls for no sacrifices or adjustments mm-hmm. and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions, which no real woman can rival. Among those shadowy brides, he is always adored. He's always the perfect lover. No demand is ever made on his unselfishness. No mortification ever imposed on his vanity. In the end, they become merely the medium through which he increasingly adores himself. And it is not only the faculty of love, which is thus sterilized, and it's forced back on itself, but also the faculty of his imagination. Yep. I love that quote. If that's not one of the best mm-hmm. letters and ways to visualize your singleness. Yeah. And what you're looking for. Right. And building yourself and adoring yourself versus what the original promise of sex or really life is which is the giving and focus on others. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is. So good. Woo. What an episode. That that blew my mind. Yeah. That so letter. Good. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. What a delight. I'll see you next time. We love you. Thank you. And we'll we talk about having you or back. I love you too. We'll talk about having you back. Okay. Let okay. Me know. You know where to find me. You killed it. You're really good at this. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me, honey. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Love you guys. Bye.